today, Christmas Eve, are you ready for Christmas? Yeah, you ready? Yeah, yeah, all ready? Uh, that's good, good. Yeah, we're, we're uh, hurrying around the house and cleaning and cooking and getting everything together and watching football games and the Steelers won, so that was a good thing. But, you know, um, a few weeks ago, Joel Osteen used a, an illustration, and he said, he talked about the scaffolding of our lives. And if any of you know what scaffolding is, I was trying to find a picture of the um, uh, Statue of Liberty, and whenever they were repairing it, and if you, maybe you saw some of those pictures, they had scaffolding from the, the base the whole way up to the crown and up the arm, uh, and they had scaffolding that was around the outside of the Statue of Liberty, in which they were able to refurbish, the, you know, I think they were refurbishing the entire um, statue. In, in my reading, I came across that the um, material, the copper that is used on the, the Statue of Liberty, is less than the thickness of two pennies. So the, the gown and the clothing that are the, and, and the arm and all that that are on the Statue of Liberty, its thickness is less than two pennies. So it's the inner structure that holds the, holds the statue together. But it was the scaffolding that was used on the outer, outer portion to refurbish the uh, Statue of Liberty. Well, in our lives, we have scaffolding. And sometimes that scaffolding is our job, and sometimes it's our titles. Sometimes it's considered what we would, you know, we would call ourselves uh, pastor, father, uh, dad, you know, grandfather now, husband, um, whatever you would, whatever those things are. And in reality, they are scaffolding, as it were, on the outer part of our life. But very few things in our life ever affect the internal person. The internal person isn't the scaffolding. The scaffolding is what goes on the outside, but everything that is life inside of you is, is that person, is the person you are. And that's the person that Jesus Christ has come to touch, to change, and to make a difference. So Jesus Christ is not about scaffolding. Jesus Christ, in the coming of Jesus, is about change on the inside and coming outward with it. Now, many times people say, well, you know, Christians are this and Christians are that. That's the scaffolding. What we do and how it's on the inside where the change is. If there's no change on the inside, then we're just rearranging the scaffolding, rearranging the outer appearances and trying to fix up the the outer appearances. But the inside, if it doesn't change, it doesn't make a difference. And so... In our lives, sometimes the scaffolding changes. Jobs change. Age, you know, um, who was I talking to? Someone said, that, you know, I can't believe I'm this old. And, you know, it was, we were the same age. And, uh, and, uh, and we were talking about this, this whole idea. And I said, don't worry about it. That's just scaffolding. You know, because it's what's on the inside that makes the difference. And the coming of Jesus Christ is... Uh, is, is what this is all about, about changing on the inside. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while 
whatever his name is. Uh, I can never seen. I can never pronounce his name. Quirinius. Yeah, whatever. Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the babe to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, firstborn a son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And there were shepherds lying out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. As we think of Christmas and the, and the purpose of, of Christmas, that Christ is the heart of the whole situation. Christ is the heart of Christmas. Now, the phrase Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. Okay, some of you may be disappointed in that. Well, what's Jesus's name? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, what's his last name? Christ? No, it isn't Christ. Jesus Christ, and Christ is not his last name. Christ comes from the from the uh, Greek word Christos, rendering the Hebrew word Messiah, which means the anointed one. So Jesus, the anointed one, is the Christmas that we celebrate. The Christ of Christmas is the long-awaited Messiah that was predicted in the Old Testament. Jesus the Christ, the anointed of God, has come to be with us. He is the one whom the Old Testament prophets spoke of. Matthew records it this way. All this took place to fulfill what they had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we have Christ, the anointed one. We have Emmanuel, God with us. And it's presenting to us what the prophets had said. And and this evening, I'm I'm looking at this Christmas Eve and 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 the message that we're talking about and looking at it from a perspective that Jesus didn't just show up on the scene. That if we look at it, and if you are a history buff and a historical person, we'll look at this and we will see what the prophets had foretold and how that they had spoken of a Messiah and how that they had prophesied about what this Messiah would be, what he would do, how he would come, where he would be born, how he would live, how he would die, how he would be raised from the dead. And we look at this, and there is an overwhelming evidence about the coming of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, God with us. 
So Jesus even spoke after the resurrection. He says, and he was, he was walking on the road to Emmaus with two, the two, uh, two disciples. Two of the, you know, it's not said who they were. But he began and spoke to them. And it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He began to speak of what had been written about him in the centuries before. And what this prophecy and what these centuries before prophets had been speaking of. They were foretelling of the events. And, and they represent one of the most powerful proofs of a divine origin and of the, of the biblical authenticity. We don't celebrate Christmas because of tradition. We have traditions. And each of those traditions means certain things. And I'm glad Rhonda brought it up about the Swedish tradition. I know at uh, Rizzo's tonight, after, after Mass, maybe we should have went to Mass, because they're having seven fish after, at Rizzo's on the evening after. The Italians eat seven fish on, on Christmas Eve. So if you're Italian and want to get in on that, I don't know if you can get in or not, but they're having seven fish meal tonight afterwards. So, so But I don't have that tonight. You're all invited to Brad's. He's going to, you know, he's going to cook afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it's right, Steph. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but you know, we all have traditions, and we have these traditions about about you know certain events. The birth of Christ is not a tradition. Christmas, the birth, the coming of Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, is not a tradition. It is an event in history that we celebrate. And because we celebrate it, we can say it's a tradition. But we celebrate it because of an event. And the event was foretold thousands of years before and in numerous ways. Jesus, the babe born of the virgin, laid in a manger, didn't just happen. It did not. And Jesus, after he was born, did not set out to prove that he was Messiah. The prophets spoke. And Jesus came according to what the prophets had had foretold. At the appointed time, the scripture says, Jesus was born. The prophecies regarding him outnumber all others, all other prophets and all other, all other names, all the other major religions. All the others came by an individual saying they were inspired and God somehow spoke to them. Jesus and the and we look at the Old Testament, our Old Testament, the Jewish, the Hebrew scriptures, it talks about the coming of a Messiah. The coming of a Messiah, and that Messiah would come, the anointed one of God would come to redeem the people, the world, from their sin. Many of these prophecies would have been impossible for Jesus to, to fulfill. He is a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His birth was in Bethlehem, Micah chapter 5. His crucifixion was with criminals, Isaiah 53. The piercing of his hands and feet, Psalm 22. The soldiers gambling for his clothes, Psalm 22. The piercing of his side and the fact that his bones were not broke, Zechariah chapter 12 and Psalm 34. His burial among the rich, Isaiah 53. The events Jesus could not have had any way of arranging these things fulfilled prophecies. Perhaps the most beloved prophecy is from Isaiah, 800 years before he came. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. 
the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 800 years before, a virgin shall be with child. (laughs) As we look at the Christ, the Anointed One of Christmas, we are assured that the Scriptures give us historical certainty of the Christ coming in the flesh. And and they are rooted in history. If you read Josephus and you read the the historical facts, the the historians of uh, of Judaism, you will find them speaking of this Jesus. And if you go back and through the early church history and the church records, you will find that there were actual people of Peter and Paul and James and John. These were literal individuals who influenced the world at that time. The Lamb of God, who lived a perfect, sinless life, a human life. He died for sinners. The death on the cross to be the atonement that we might have everlasting life. The virgin birth, Emmanuel, God with us, Christ, the anointed one. As God, he came to be the sacrifice, the redemption of man, to buy us back so that lost humanity might have forgiveness and that we might be changed, not scaffolding to somehow rearrange our outward appearances and show up in church and do these things and somehow rearrange who we are on the outside. Jesus Christ came as the anointed one of God to purchase our salvation, that we might be saved, that our sins might be forgiven, and all that part of us on the inside, that God would clean us up from the inside out. As man, he did what the first Adam failed to do. Paul says it this way, For just as through the disobedience of the one man, Adam, the many were sinners, so also through the obedience of this one man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. It's a change that has come about because of who, we, who Christ is and how Christ has changed us on the inside. Paul to the Corinthians says, As in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. The birth of Jesus Christ speaks many things to us. It speaks of God's love for us. <laughs> he loves us. You know... Sometimes we forget this. God has never had one bad thought about you. He's never had one bad thought about you. No matter what we've done, no matter what we said, he's never had one bad thought about us. Because he loves us that much that he desires only the best for us. And God's goal is to touch our lives in such a way that from the inside out, we can become that person that we were created to be. That from the inside out, Christmas would be about the Christ who has come to love me and change my life for an eternity. The Christ who has come to give me life here and now and to give me life eternal. Philippians chapter 2 says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. My attitude, my perspective. I should be able to have the perspective of Jesus. 
not by scaffolding, not by trying to rearrange the scaffolding and rearrange how I, how I would think or feel or, or arrange the circumstances. No, my attitude should be the same as Christ, who being in the very nature of, of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He was born in a manger, a servant, poverty, being made in the human likeness. He became man, born of Mary. And being found in the appearance as a man, he lived his life in view of human history. He humbled himself and became obedient even to the death, the death of the cross. Therefore, God hath exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name, a name that is above every name, that at the very name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What did the angels say? Glory to God in the highest and peace among men. The glory of God. Jesus lived from the very announcement of his birth through his life. He did not come to do the will of his, he did not come to do his own will, but he came to do the will of his father. And his, his life was lived to the glory of God the father. And as we are here this evening, we can, as it were, declare about Jesus Christ, glory to God in the highest. Why? Because Christ has come. Christ is with us. Christ is in us. Christ has forgiven us of our sins. Glory to God in the highest. And what? Peace and goodwill to us. That's what God gives us. Not by the scaffolding, not by putting up different scaffolds, but by allowing God, the Christ child, who lived his life and, as a, and became a living sacrifice to come into our hearts and change us from the inside out, that the peace of God that was proclaimed on that first Christmas day, that first Christmas Eve, the Christ child, glory to God in the highest, and peace and goodwill to you. That's what Christ is to us. And that's what the birth of Christ is about. His peace. Don't we do that in church? Peace be with you. <laughs> Shake hands, the peace of God be with you. And goodwill, thinking nothing but the best for your life this Christmas.